0: What's cracking, people? We are back here for another episode from What's the Word Entertainment. Of course, I'm your host, Sherm. And I'm um, joined by my usual co-host, Obed. And I'd like to make an official announcement today uh, that I'm happy to say that Obed is going to be the official co-host, well, along with myself, here on What's the Word Entertainment. So moving forward, he will be working with me side by side making this thing happen. And I know with his passion and his consistency, uh, I know we definitely make the show success. So great to have you again here new, and definitely welcome aboard officially full time and
1: appreciate you. I appreciate that. sir. Thank you very much. Uh, I thank you for the gracious opportunity. Uh, who knew the senior superlative of Motormouth would work out in my favor? But here <laughs> we are. Uh, all jokes aside, I'm happy to help share this time with you, America and anyone else we can rope into the fray.
0: Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. So let's just get this started and let's get going here. Um, First topic today, I want to start with the NBA. Um, I'm going to start with some news a little bit earlier this week, I believe. Um, Steve Kerr, coach of the Ghost Awards, announced that DeMarcus Cousins is going to make his season debut somewhere around January 18th. So by and maybe by end of next week, Um, I think they're going to be playing the Clippers. So this will be the first time he's played since last January 26th. 2018 since tearing his left Achilles now I think it was also said that he they're going to insert him directly in the starting lineup Uh, I mean obviously it's bookie cousins so you know he's he's an easy and also you put him, he's going to be a starter but do you think it's a good idea to just put him right back in the fray in the starting lineup since he hasn't played with these guys as of yet.
1: I mean, I don't know what the practices are like. I don't know what uh, you know. They've the program for rehabilitation that they've been bringing him on with has been like, um, you know, we've seen him go one on one with Kevin Durant and end the game in a fantastic fashion of a dunk on Kevin Durant. Um, <laughs> yeah, see that but, too. You know, they're definitely the wizard, the uh, excuse me the Warriors. I believe are very much hurting are hurting as far as big man help underneath. They could actually show us like kind of the old school style of play where we've got a big physical guy underneath. You have great shooters at every position. So you don't need to take as many shots as possible. Um, is he healthy enough to go back in there and be a starter? Maybe they feel that he is. I don't know. They, they've been bringing him along slowly since the trade for how long now, like almost the entire season, basically. I mean, we're at the halfway mark. They're on pace for like 54 wins, whatever that means. Um, but, you know, I think, I think if they throw him out there, I don't think it's that bad. I'm sure they know what they're doing. They know that he is going to be a big part of them at least competing for a championship this year, because a lot of other teams out there could take them in the West.
0: Yeah, and you know, um it's funny that you mentioned you know him putting it back in going big because you know Draymond has been playing so obviously he's Draymond's a four but he's been playing some five which he can play but he's been struggling so I think it's a good idea to bring Boogie in um you know that way he can play his traditional five spot put Draymond at the four and Draymond because Draymond's been struggling to be honest with you he's shooting he's having his worst season I think to date of his career shooting wise you know from the field so they're gonna need that but they had a big win last night over the Bulls. The big three, of course, Curry, uh, Clay, and Durant, I believe, combined for about 80 points. <laughs> uh, and, Curry, and Curry moved up on the three pointer list, passing Jason Terry. Um, I, I think here, would Curry go ahead like and a 28. Uh, Clay went for thirty. KD uh, went for twenty-two. So they're gonna get in the groove, you know, looking like the Warriors of old. But when they put uh Boogie in there, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be something really nice. Obviously, it's gonna be some some. You know, they just, I feel like they're just gonna continue to dominate
1: yeah.
0: and just roll through as long as he's healthy. I don't think they should push Boogie, you know, right away. Let him play, you know, f- twenty minutes a game. Yeah, something like that. They're going to have to monitor his minutes. He's going to be on a quote unquote pitch count, if you will. Yeah, uh, it's just, you know, because I just think from the Achilles, that's a devastating injury to come back from. And, you know, yeah. that's a rough injury. So it's going to take him some time. Um, I don't know if you do see earlier this week. Uh, I think was it against the Grizzlies when Steph got called for a travel doing the James Harden official step back. <laughs> make taking five, 16 steps, whatever it is. <laughs> and then after you saw it too, he threw up. The, he threw up the little uh one three on his chest yes. for thirteen. Yeah, that. I mean, it's funny. And then Steve Kerr immediately comes up, runs under the floor, it's like, "Are you gonna call that? Now you want to start calling that, yo? Yeah, then, yo. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I mean, is but Harden's getting getting away
1: with it almost every day. You know, it's it's funny, but you mentioned that the way that, because you look at it and. Everybody knows, if you understand the game of basketball, like I don't, I don't know who the kid on the, the Utah Jazz is, he had a picture-perfect textbook step back for a three-jumper, and it was great, and I watched James Harden almost lead the league in points in the NBA, almost lead the league uh, uh, in points per game in the NBA, with this, it, I can't watch individuals who played in the NBA who are now on the, at the desk talk about what James Harden is doing, and just overstep the idea that he's taking four steps on a step back like after the carry is it two steps is it three steps what what is it you know is he carrying
0: yeah and that whole euro step thing to me is garbage too like that's actually, if you look at a Euro step, they actually pick up both of their feet, come down, even if it's a slight pickup and then they jump again. That's to me, that's a travel and the only NBA that would have been a travel a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So I think it's a nice move. Don't get me wrong. You know, they, it allows you to drive to the hole more, but yeah. it's a travel as well too. So I don't, I don't get how they're not calling that. Um, they let and, Man, you know, Ginobili take that all the way to the hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right about that. Um, Moving on, as we mentioned, Harden, the Rockets had a big win over the Cavs last night. Harden went off for another 40 point triple double. I mean, you know, 43, 10, and 12. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's just face it. He's gone off once again. Uh, and I think we I don't know if we can't remember, we talked about this last week, you know, is he the greatest offensive player in the game or of all time? I think his GM said he thinks he's the greatest offensive player of all time or in the consideration, yeah. which is a bold statement. Yeah, yeah. Now he noticed how he loved, I like how he said, great, just greatest, one of the greatest offensive players. Not that just one of the greatest players. Cause you know why all James Harden does is play offense. He plays no defense. He's so like that's why he's considered as one of the greatest players. As a general and i think that's when we did our show last week i didn't put him in my top five as top five players you know in the nba because he only plays one side of the ball yeah you know um do you, you think
1: way player you gotta be a two-way player to be considered one of the best <laughs> if you're giving up 40 points and only scoring 41 i can't really say you've helped the team as best you could
0: right right yeah i 100 agree um Lakers had a had a bad, another bad loss last night against the Jazz, one thirteen and ninety five. Donovan Mitchell went out for thirty three and nine. LeBron is still out with that groin injury. I believe he's going to miss a couple more games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they need him back ASAP because the longer he's out, they're just going to just continue to fall. Now, I mean, obviously he'll come back. Let me if he comes back, let's say I know, within a week or two, they'll still make the playoffs. But that team chemistry, that morale is hurting if they keep losing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like they have having having LeBron James out there changes the entire dynamic of what you're able to do, what your team can accomplish, what your team can just believe in them, their ability to do versus right. him not being in the lineup.
0: Right. Yeah, I definitely, definitely, man. Yeah. So they need to come back soon. So let's move on from the NBA. Let's talk a little bit about some about college football this past week. Of course, we had the college football playoff national championship game. And surprise to me, well, maybe not, oh, not a big surprise, but Clemson came out with the victory over Bama, forty-four to sixteen. I think mean, that was the biggest surprise of how dominant this game was on the Clemson side. I did not expect this, though. I did not. I, I predicted Bama to win. I didn't. I wouldn't be. Like I said, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been surprised that Clemson won, but in the fashion that they did win, I mean, that was crazy. Trevor, the court, freshman QB Trevor Lawrence went off. He was twenty of thirty-two for three hundred forty-seven yards, three TDs. Their, their uh their freshman wide receiver Justin Ross looked nice too. He had six catches for one fifty
1: rookie freshman. I mean Tua, just these, there. Yeah, two
0: one handed catches that he had, whoo incredible. Um yeah, I mean Clemson, they just completely dominated that especially just shutting Bama's offense down. That was yeah. a big surprise. I mean, Tua had a decent game, twenty-two of thirty-four, two ninety-five, two scores, but also two picks. Yeah. Uh Judy had five catches for 139 and a score. Yeah, I mean, uh, is is or is it safe to say that Clemson is legitimately moving up as far as the best team in college football over Bama?
1: I I see. It's tough for me to say over Bama. I would say that they are now on par at the same tier. T- Clemson would need to go on roll off at least two more national championships for me to say that they have over encompassed. Uh, what Alabama has done Alabama has been a mainstay while Clemson has peaked Clemson has been there Clemson has been in the discussion Mm -hmm. to then go out and just be dominant and be like we're rolling this off we're rolling this off we're taking home a crystal ball we're taking home a 50 pound whatever you Mm -hmm. know that that is still Alabama territory did they win this year fantastic did they win two years ago fantastic uh now I have to I think uh, Brent Venables deserves a lot of credit for what he was able to accomplish in play calling and just sh- giving Tua things he had not seen before, giving Tua things that that he was unaware was uh, going could be could have a wrinkle in it somewhere, right? I mean, I think the first interception that Tua threw, I don't know if that was from the play call or just the fact that the cornerback stayed flat-footed and didn't go yeah, with you. Yeah,
0: he jumped around. And I think it was that outside that slant route that was going. He jumped. He read it well. I think that was just a good
1: read by that corner on that one. I'll agree with you there. And, you know, I look at, you know, how how bad was Alabama's defense, giving up the kind of throws to I, – I don't really know how great Trevor Lawrence is. Maybe I need to see more of him uh, in this, this next coming year. But they Alabama's defense in the secondary just looked slow, just looked terrible. They looked like they couldn't get any push up front. It looked like a Patriots defense of old to me, where they just couldn't get any push up front and get right. to the quarterback and get him off the spot. You let this guy get comfortable, who I – uh, fine, prove me wrong, but I do not believe Trevor Lawrence is this great quarterback people are talking about. All of these guys are putting up these stats, but I just don't see them as these, like, reading the defenses and finding the sweet spots and being mm. uh, uh, prescriptive, not prescriptive, um, um, dis- kind of- well, uh, where they uh, impose their will on the defense, right? Mm. Surgical, surgical. These guys are not surgical anymore. Mm. Um there was there was questionable play calling on that fourth down call from Alabama. Did you really send the kicker in as the lead blocker for the whole Yeah,
0: game? I had that fake that, that fake kick. Oh, man. <laughs> whose man is this? What <laughs> do you yo, just don't want to get your man's over here, dude? <laughs> like like will I mean just I mean, yeah, but Nick Saban kinda shoulder surely shoulder the blame after the victory. Uh actually after the loss in the press conference, you know, he really put it on him, didn't prepare his guys for that. Um but, you know, I, I just think, you know, the Clemson defense, you know, we talked about, oh, we talked about, oh, we going. You know that 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 D line was so legit. You got a four starters now. Now, Dexter Lawrence didn't play in the game and yeah. they still dominated. you know, but he still, like I said, have legitimate, you know, um, NFL talent on that defensive line of Clemson's. So that's what really, you know, helped them out a lot. They got pushed, you know, they really shut to it down. I think Jalen Hurts came in towards the end of the
1: game. Um, garbage times. They they conceded. They conceded. Yeah, well, right. I
0: think yeah. I think that's definitely true. But I mean, I mean, now I, I don't know Trevor Lawrence looks good right now. You know, is he? At your point, is he going to be this immaculate, amazing quarterback? He has a great. He had a great year. We'll see. You know, I mean, uh, you know, he's going to be obviously, He's a freshman, so he's got at least two more years to play. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, if he he could be the you know the first quarterback in the two thousand twenty one draft pick. Yeah. Who knows? But somebody else may come about. But definitely want to see more of Clemson. I just want to say, but as far as being Clemson and Alabama, they're I would definitely say they're they're on the tops as the elites of the elite in college football. In the last four seasons, Clemson's record fifty five and four. Alabama's fifty five and four. Wow. Four four college football playoff a cha- appearances apiece, two national championships appearances, two national championship wins apiece. So I mean they're right there. Even though the stats are there, you know the stats are obviously equal, yeah. but I still think Alabama just has a slight, slight edge. Now the gap is shortened, um, yeah. uh, very much. Absolutely. I think you know it's a it's a matter of a fraction that Alabama has the edge just because of Nick Saban. But Dabo, I, mean, I think I've said it before in our earlier podcast or, or, or videos that Dabo has really turned this program around since he's arrived at Clemson, <laughs> and, and it's really be. Kudos to the Clemson Tigers for getting that victory in that dominating fashion over Alabama. But speaking also of Alabama, Jalen Hurts, it was announced that he entered his name into the transfer protocol. And just, I think it was yesterday, this past week, he visited University of Maryland. And I think he's going to visit Miami as well. Um, now, since he just graduated in December, he does have the ability to transfer and play immediately next year. So, obviously, you know, he's a, he's a, a proven winner. You know, the 6'2 junior year, who's 26-2 and as a starter at Bama one in one national championship with Emmys or or over 5,600 passing yards, 48 touchdowns. You know, I think I would say better off him going to Miami, Miami than rather than Maryland is a better look. Obviously the Miami is a greater program right now than Maryland is. Maryland's coming off that old controversy with DJ Durkin and everything. Yeah. Which are hurt recruiting and all that. So I think if he's going to choose one of those two, of course, I I would choose uh,
1: Miami. Yeah.
0: Um, And plus, you get to be in Miami. What the hell's in Maryland? That You know, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's excited about Amazon HQ2 showing up to Crystal City, right? That's not that, <laughs> yeah, You're not going to pull me with that one, bro. Yeah, like, I think, I, I, think what,
0: I, I think what's going to get him is, that, is South Beach. Yeah, you know what I mean? More than the Chesapeake Bay. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Chica so. come on, bro. <laughs> Yo, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think he's worried about eating Old Bay on everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> So
1: uh, I just thought that was pretty interesting. German, you live in you live in Maryland proper, dog. I yo. don't understand why people are so pressed over some Old Bay wings. i like, get these salty yo. wings out of here, yo. dog. Yo,
0: yo, I ain't gonna lie. I had some Old Bay wings the other day.
1: And I'm just saying, <laughs> I ain't
0: gonna lie. Man, but dude, when I was in New York, we didn't have that in New York like that. No like... We, dude, do. I got a. I my my famous had a can of Old Bay in a cabinet for like sixteen years. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I never knew what that was. I was like, oh, there's some date. I don't know. Yeah, dude, no, I came, let's put it on. Dude, when I came to Maryland, I was like, yo, what the deuce is this? And <laughs> I ain't gonna but, but dude, I don't think it's crazy as everyone makes it out to be. No, so I'll, I'll go with you on that one. Yeah. Um, some other news. What I thought was interesting this week in college football that um Ohio State quarterback Dwayne Haskins. He's he's. Um, and he's going he's, he announced that he's going to enter the NFL draft. Um, obviously, he's a junior, but he had another year left, So, but he's going to enter the NFL draft. Um, obviously, he's probably going to be the number one quarterback picked in the draft, um, but also with Ohio State, the freshman, uh, Russian freshman quarterback Tate Martell entered his name into the transfer protocol, which I thought was interesting. I kind of thought it could happen because backup quarterback from Georgia, Justin Fields, announced that he's going to be going to Ohio State. Because he's leaving Georgia, because obviously Jake Fromm has that position. But I liked—I don't know if you know this kid Tate Martell. He's from Vegas. He was featured in the Netflix show QB One Beyond the Lights. I like this kid. He—he he has the capability to scramble. So you know, he's kind of giving up. You know, I—I I thought he was going to have that starter spot, but I think he figures Justin Fields is going to come in and take it from him. Yeah. So I didn't really like that so much. I'm like, dude, earn your, you know, stay there, yeah. prove yourself. So, but you know, what have you? So Girl. we got. Man, yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts is entering his name in. Tate Martell is entering his name in. I think I think this might become the new norm in college football that you lose your spot or you don't get a chance at, right away. They're just going to say, you know, uh, screw it. I'm out. Deuces and go to another school. I, I don't know if you agree with that or not, or should they stay there and just truly prove themselves to, to earn that spot?
1: I mean, we're we're talking about these are these are millennials that we're dealing with, right? These are the generation after millennials we're dealing with, right? This is the Tinder swipe left, swipe right, six second or less paying attention, attention span. Uh, You know, like why stick around? College football is is smart. They've created free agency. That's all this is is free agency, right? Like. Put your name out there. Let people let them swoon you. Let them see. Go to the highest bidder. Um, kids don't need to stick around. And the way that the college college football runs right now, it's about who's scoring now, who's playing now. It, it, I don't think uh, it, it's much like these are LeBron James fans, right? I can go and be me wherever I am. I don't need to go. Oh my my. The think of the the rich history and tradition of this organization. Peace, fam. No, nah, they got an offer over here. I'm out. You know, that that's what these kids are about. And college football has accepted it. Hey, we know what the coaches are doing. They're stockpiling plays and you guys want to make money. So so go ahead and go find some place to play. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how that affects NFL in the long term, but right. it is what it is. We're just going to to go with it. I think it empowers the players more power to them.
0: Yeah, I uh, I think you agree, and I, I like the analogy that you know it's pretty much a free agency type of thing. So yeah, I guess it is what it is. We'll see what happens. But moving on, let's go to the over to the NFL now. A lot of coaching changes uh, happening this past week. Uh, we'll start off with in Arizona, the Cardinals hired former Texas Tech uh, head coach Cliff Kingsbury.
1: <laughs> uh, Cliff Kingsbury heard that uh, Jalen Hurts was going in the transfer window, and he was like, "Hold my beer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I mean, hey, I, you know, I just thought that was funny. you know, he was let go by Texas Tech in November, hired as the o- as offensive quarter at USC in December. Now he said, yo, I'm out, I got a better I got a better job in Arizona. so he's gonna work with Josh Rosen
1: in Arizona. But, is but, he gonna work with Josh Rose in Arizona or is he gonna draft uh, uh Kyler Murray number one overall? Okay. Oh, got him. Yeah, but now Kyler Murray hasn't
0: announced that he's entering the draft yet, but I like I like what you're thinking there. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, he's got a decision to make, but uh did do you know what I mean? Do you think do you like the move that Cliff kind of just said, all right, peace out, UFC? I'm at, you know what I mean, just like less than a month ago.
1: I think um it's it's not again. This goes back to this is the generation now. These, jet, these people have – there's no loyalty, right? There's yeah. no loyalty. Look at where the marriage uh, – uh, the, the divorce race is at. There's no loyalty anymore, right? Yeah. There's no lock it in. You and me are doing this together. Let's see what we can build. You know, I – I, I it, it's it's rough. He felt right. empowered enough that – and honestly, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I got cachet off my name playing in college football. I had mm-hmm. cachet off of being on uh, as a coordinator, almost head coach scenario in many of the places I played, uh, right. coach. Uh, I can always come back to to college game if I go and I muck this up I can come back and then once my name is out of the druthers again they can say oh hey this guy's got an opportunity now or I'll take a year off like Mike McCarthy because I'm not going to get the Jets job and then I'm going to go ahead and come back next year right like he, he knows that to get an opportunity in the NFL gives him puts his foot in the door if he loses out he'll just come back whenever the, the dust has settled.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's got a good, pretty good resume. He's worked with some good quarterbacks. He's worked, obviously, my boy, uh, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. Case Keenum, you know, uh, so he's, got, he's he's worked with some pretty decent quarterbacks. And I think that's what, you know, trying to drew him to, our, to the Cardinals mm-hmm. is that a young quarterback and Josh Rosen there. So to really to hope to develop. Yeah. So I think, you know, we'll see how that. That works out. They've got a lot of other holes to fill, so we'll see. Uh, Other big news the Buccaneers hired former Arizona head coach, uh, Bruce Arians, Mm -hmm. as their head coach. And they also bring bring in uh, Todd Bowles, former Jets head coach, as the defensive coordinator. Um, I think that's a good matchup. Uh, I mean, you know, know, they they previously worked together. Um, So Bruce Arians is, I'm surprised he took the Tampa job. I remember earlier last year, late last year, um, that he was looking and going to brown job actually um and it's funny i like the brown where they are now more than i do the buccaneers you know yeah the defenses reform you know if you got a young and johnny Manziel. you yeah. know add some pieces there so um so i was kind of surprised you know he, i guess he wants to work maybe you know help develop james winston you've got still got mike evans now he's speaking of the buccaneers now deshaun jackson i know why it's out of there so I don't know how well the Buccaneers are gonna do with Arians if really gonna improve them much. But uh, I do like Arians as a coach. So I guess you'll see what happens there in Tampa Bay. I mean, do you have I think you think it's a good hire for the Bucs?
1: I mean, I guess so I think it's a good hire for the Bucs with Arians. If anybody can get a maximum amount out of a quarterback, it's probably Bruce Arians. If he anybody's gonna put in uh an you know, maybe not an air raid offense, but an offense where we're going downfield most of the time. It's definitely the yeah. um, Now, Todd Bowles, looking at uh, his last, his, his five-year, excuse me, four-year tenure with the Jets, Football Outsiders had the Jets DVOA, uh, it's like the defensive something, variance over uh, whatever, accuracy over field, whatever. Um, he was fifth in 2015, 21st in 2016, 18 in 2017, 21st in 2018. I don't know if Top Bowls is the answer. Maybe if he's got a bunch of stars, you can put them together. Maybe he'll have Bruce Arians stepping in and being like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Da 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 da. I can tell you that he didn't have much offense with those defenses, so potentially that probably would drag them down. But I think the, the it's it's been the, with some of the coaching hires, new coaches versus old coaches. Are the old coaches going to adapt their game to keep up with the Madden esque that the new coaches are bringing in, or not? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they've got to improve that defense in Tampa Bay for sure. They were giving up way too many points last year. Uh, they were one of the worst, you know, I think, defensively in the league. Yeah. So hopefully, the Bulls can turn it around. But moving on, uh, I know the Broncos. They've hired a new coach. They took oh, they took the uh, Bears defensive coordinator Vic uh, Vic Fangio. and gave him a four-year deal with a fifth-year team option. Um, uh, Gary Kubiak yeah, steps away from his o- uh, offensive coordinator offer. Uh, I don't. I mean. Do I think that the Broncos need a defensive-minded coach as their head coach? No. But I think obviously he had success in Chicago. Obviously, with the Bears had the number one defense. So hopefully yeah. he'll have some influence in Denver. But I think Denver already had a very good defense, obviously led by Von Miller. But they really need someone to help out Case Keenum. You know, they, you know they've got some. You know, they're inconsistent at the wide receiver spot. Yeah. Uh, so I think they needed a more offensive-minded coach to help in Chicago. Yeah, so I was kind of confused by that hire, but you know, to each its own. Um, the Browns also promoted interim offensive coordinator Freddie Freddie Kitchens to head coach. Uh, they relieved defensive coordinator, or me, former defensive coordinator, interim head coach Greg Williams of his duties. Um, now, was that the right move? I'm I'm not sure. But this is also the same Greg Williams who was got in trouble in New Orleans for the uh, bounty gate and everything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: uh, I'm not sure how that's gonna go. Now Freddie Kitchens did a good job as the interim offensive coordinator. You know, Brown started putting up more numbers with him at the you know calling the plays and such. So who knows? I think he's you know he's working well with man. Um, and I excuse me, I uh, what is it? Uh, Bay- Bay- yeah, yeah now, excuse me. I think I might have said Manziel earlier. I apologize about that. But uh, Mayfield, yeah, uh, you know he looks good. You know, so hopefully Kitchens can help him out uh, there in Cleveland. But um, also Jets, they've got their new coach Adam Gase from from Miami. Uh, they wanted someone who can help groom QBs. Another another situation with a young QB. That thing, that's where the league is going. I think I think someone said on ESPN the other day I was watching. It. It's you know, you're going to see they're seeing the Sean McVay effect. Where you got a you got a great X's and O's guy who wants to be with a young QB and help that young QB develop, and that young QB wants to be with an X's and O's guy. So I mean, do you like either? Do you like the you know? Do you like the Jets Jets move? Do you like the, the Browns move? I mean, Obed, I mean,
1: uh, is it is it good situations in either spot there? I I, uh, I don't like the Browns move. I like the Jets move uh, because Adam Gase was just missing a a quarterback. Adam Gates was just missing the ability to work with a person who could, he could say, Hey, this is what we want to do, and you can make the throw, right? You can, I, I will move the pieces around you. Now, his decision making of having uh, Frank Gore out there, my goodness, that man, uh, unbreakable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he might, he might as, might as well call him um, uh, Bruce Willis, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I think I think I don't like the move as far as the Browns because that Freddie Kitchens doesn't have the the coordination head coach experience to be the guy in charge of everything, right? He doesn't yeah. have that experience yet. Now Greg Williams, did you want Greg Williams to be the head coach? Probably not. Did you want Greg Williams to to agree that, hey, Greg, your job is to make sure the defense is good, leave Freddie Kitchens alone to work with this kid? Maybe that's what you needed to, to work out and iron out. But you literally valued Freddie Kitchens so much that you didn't want to lose him. This It seemed like a very pro-Baker Mayfield move. And I was like, if, if Baker is now calling the shots of what the ownership wants to do out there, Baker better deliver right? You yeah. cannot have a sophomore slump that gets you guys bottomed out of the league. You better deliver. Um, yeah. yeah. So I do. I like the Jets move. I don't like the Browns move. Gotcha. Gotcha. um
0: and I think the biggest topic this is kind of in, in the past few weeks is the drama going out in Pittsburgh, man. Ooh, business what is, boom, man. Dude, what is up with your boy A.B. and the Steelers, dude? I mean... One of the top receiver, if not the top, maybe top two receivers in the NFL. There's some shaky waters in Pittsburgh. Um, rumor is he could be traded. Will they trade him? Should they trade him? I mean, for the last six seasons, he's had at least at least 101 catches and over 1,200 yards in every season for the past six years. And in the past five years. He's led the NFL in catches with over with almost 600. He's number two in yards per game, only behind Julio Jones, and number one in receiving touchdowns with almost 60. How can you trade that kind of talent away? I don't be He may be a diva. He may do that. You know, he may film your culture locker room and want to put it on Facebook Live. You know, he may take mm-hmm. snaps, You know, some chat snaps or whatever. Some book face videos. <laughs> whatever you call it, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? But uh, I, I, I don't get it. This kid—I mean, I me, this guy—I mean, Antonio Brown is what thirty-one? Maybe not even.
1: Uh, not even. He might be thirty this year. I think he might be turning thirty-one.
0: Maybe, maybe not even. Um, but still, uh, how do you trade Antonio? Even think about trading Antonio Brown from your team if you're the Steelers? I, so I don't just, get it.
1: The, I think what what has occurred here is there's a there's a division. Right. And this is why, you know, uh, uh, A.B. makes the Uncle Tom reference and Ryan Clark says something there. There is something in the water in Pittsburgh where you make a decision in your locker room that you are going to like just drink the Kool-Aid of what the Steelers are selling you or you are going to continue being your own person. Anyone who's decided that they're going to be their own person has now become outcast, is then turned, has their back turned on them by, uh, or has their back, have backs turned on them by their, their peers. Uh, This, this is not, we've seen this with Le'Veon Bell. Maybe there's something more going on there when now two of the best players in the team, on the team who happen to be two of the best players in the NFL, no longer want to play here.
0: Right. I mean, that's crazy. You're going to lose in one fell swoop and within one year, you're going to lose Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, arguably the two best players at their position. Yeah. It I, I just don't – I just can't – I just can't believe this is actually going to really – this could have <laughs> been true. I mean
1: – I made the comment that, before, and it might be – I'm sorry to cut you off. I mean, it might, it might be a little aggressive. It is it – is, Pittsburgh plantation mentality. I, I I, don't, you know, I don't want to go down that route. Maybe it's aggressive to talk to the people. America, let me know if I'm wrong here. But, you know, how do you how do you feel that the players who are making everything for you, creating the success for you, you, just said six seasons of at least 101 catches of 1,200 yards leading the league and receiving touchdowns for a wide receiver. What more do you want? Why won't that's you what make what this world
0: happy? I, I I just don't get you know even this even with, with the Le'Veon Bell thing they're like oh we pay the position we don't pay the player you know that's the that's what the Steelers way. You what do you mean he's the one of the he's the really the best back in the league? What yes. are you doing? Who cares about your tradition and blah blah blah. Pay the man, treat the man like the star that he is, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's the what is the number one focus of an NFL team to win?
1: Yes. You
0: know, in yes. the words, in the illustrative words of my man, Herm Edwards, hello, you play to win the game. You play to win the game. That's it. You That's play it. to win. You, don't, you don't need to be friends. Like, Antonio Brown doesn't need to be best friends with Ben Roethlisberger and chill with that during the weekends and pop mm-hmm. bottles, you know what I mean, and play Fortnite together. Come no, on. they need to connect on the field and win football games. Yeah. That's it. I don't understand what Pittsburgh is thinking. Either way, let's say they do trade him, which is unfathomed to me. They trade Brown. I think they should ask for at least two first-round picks and maybe another pick. I mean, think about it. The Cowboys got Amari Cooper for a first-round draft pick, just for one. Yeah. Antonio Brown is about ten times better than Amari Cooper. I mean, by times, but you know, he's better than Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you ask for at least two first-round, maybe a first or maybe a first and two second-round picks, or some kind of combination. But I think. I don't think I don't know what they're gonna get, but I think they yeah, to me if it was me, if I'm the Steelers, I'm asking for two first-round picks and maybe even a second round as well for Antonio, or maybe a third for Antonio Antonio
1: Brown, you know, or something Sir, like let that. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. After what we've seen with uh, the Khalil Mack trade, a game changer went to <laughs> another team. When a game changer goes to another team, they said we want two first and want another pick out of that. Do you feel that? Antonio Brown in the same vein is worth that amount.
0: I have to feel that he is, man. I mean, he, dude, like I said, you you, you heard the numbers. You got the numbers there. Yeah. Antonio Brown is, yeah. like I said, it's him and Julio Jones to me. Yeah. It's him, the one and, one and two. Wherever mm-hmm. you put, if you want to put Julio at one, Julio you know, Brown at one, whatever you want to do, it's him and Julio Jones, the top two. Odell Beckham and, and Hopkins are right, are right there, are right behind. Yeah. But, to give this man away who's under contract, so they're not gonna release him. Obviously you wanna get something for him. Yeah. To give this man up, you've got to get something back for it. now is now the other question is too, is, is Juju a number one receiver? Because he's gonna be your number one now that if if it <laughs> gone. I, I
1: I almost want to go back and do the the my research. Uh, I didn't get a chance to on the different offenses that the Pittsburgh Steelers have featured, where they had a number one wide receiver and they just had somebody cooking underneath that in the second spot. And mm-hmm. it's just been you know it, the the beat has just gone on and on. Whether it was Plaxico on the outside and Santonio Holmes, whether it was Santonio Holmes on the outside and then Emmanuel Sanders, you know what well, I mean? I just went. Hines Ward just went on and on and on. So I think maybe they've been they, – they've had the luxury of having that second guy just be a beast without an understanding that, like, your your pipeline, your pipeline has always had a number one in it. The pipeline has a number one in it. It's Juju. Who's the guy underneath? Juju looked fantastic with Antonio Brown, the one of the best, if not the number two, the number one. If not the number one, the number two. On the other side of the field, taking all the attention, a guy who commands double coverage and still makes plays. Is Juju right. going to make plays on double coverage? I don't know that yet. Juju has been grinding on a, a sub tier competition for the last two years. Easy that it could be a stark calling call, wake up call for the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to pass that they roll out this offense and there is no number two that can cook up a, a second tier cornerback.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just right because you're going to need because if because if Juju's your number one, you really have no real second number two he's going to get double teamed all, all day long, you know, yeah. so he's going to come down and cover up top, you know, so it, it's going to, it's going to hurt them in the long run. You know, um, I mean, the Steelers, they're really, they're kind of thin at wide receiver after that. I mean, you've got Darius Hayward Bay, who's going to be a bust. Of How old
1: is he right now?
0: Dude, I don't even know why he's still in the league. I'm surprised, you know, maybe this kid, James Washington. I don't know what they're going to do after it's a project. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe they draft a the receiver.
1: Maybe. Uh, Maybe this yeah. year, who knows? Uh, I don't know who's going to hit the open market. I don't think anybody's hitting the open. Well, <laughs> Antonio yeah. Brown's hitting the open market, but you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but I just don't know. Um, I think you know, if I'm not mistaken, they actual uh, James Washington. They think he's a he was a rookie this past year yeah. out of Oklahoma State. He played with um, Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State. Who the who the um, they drafted? The Steelers, yeah, the Steve was actually drafted to be. I guess their era parents of Ben Roethlisberger. But I just don't. I just can't believe they're actually considering drafting. I mean, excuse me, trading Antonio Bond. I just, I still just can't get on board with this. You know, I'm still just, I just can't believe it. Um, Anyway, let's move on. We got some good playoff games scheduled for this weekend, uh, starting uh, with today. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's kind of recap last week, really, really quick. Of course, in the AFC, you had the Colts beat the Texans 21 7. They all, you know, they dominated that game. 20 went up 21 0 at one point. Yeah. Texas just looked, just, just looked flat, man. I'm not sure what happened there. Chargers. Uh, beat the Ravens 23-17. Your boy, Lamar Jackson. Jackson looked awful. How do you not put in Flacco at some point in that, in that second half?
1: Maybe something contractually that says his money is guaranteed for injury alone and we can't have him get hurt and know that he's going out the door, take a whole buttload of money with him. You know, And I, I get it. You got here with Lamar Jackson, but you obviously don't spend enough time teaching him to throw, working yeah. on throwing. With, and, and I don't know what it is about non-Anglo-Saxon quarterbacks when they come up in the ranks, how how much quarterbacks want them to continue running as opposed to stay in the pocket and work on his ability to read the defense, read his reads, yeah. make a decisive throw, send so. him to a pitcher coach, let him work on his mechanics. That They, they mm-hmm. don't do that for non-Anglo-Saxon quarterbacks. So this is what you end up seeing.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. You can tell he's just not comfortable as a pocket passer. No. He takes – he tep- he steps back. He takes one read, and if it's not there, he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to survive in the league this way. You know, he's got to get that together. They've got to coach him better. They've yeah. got to do now. Is Flacco probably going to be on his way out of Baltimore? Yeah, it, it seems like it. But, I mean, the guy didn't have 40 yards passing – in the first half let me say it again he didn't have 40 yards
1: this, this high school pop warner teams i think you are, are at least getting 40 yards passing dude,
0: i yeah. can throw that in a flag game right now like what you, <laughs> what like come on it's like i can't i'm just you have your super bowl winning quarterback right there ready to go i get it lamar got you there i get that yeah, but it's, it's do or die. This is the playoffs,
1: baby. You know what I mean? Like you, so, you can't risk it. You know, if I told you, Sherman, that going into the season we've revamped the wide receiver core, we're going to bring you Michael Crabtree, we're going to bring you Willie Sneed. we're going to bring you John Brown, we're going to get a bunch of rookie tight ends who have looked very, very good as of late, and try to have some running backs back there behind you. Do you would you ever think that? You would look at their playoff game and say that you didn't have forty yards in the first half.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. not at, I just can't believe that one. Uh, that was that was a rough one for the Ravens, though. On um, the NFC side, Cowboys beat the Seahawks twenty-four to twenty-two. The Cowboys looked good yeah, in boys. that one. That was really good. That was a very good game. And the Eagles barely made it out of Chicago, sixteen to fifteen. Bitch. Oh
1: man, that uh, that, that kicker. This, I honestly, I don't because I, I feel like it was a it was a bad beat. Right. Yes, I think it was a great play to at least the the, the game of inches, the game of inches, right? Just getting a <laughs> fingertip on that ball coming off of uh, Cody Parkney's foot, right? He didn't miss the kick, it. it got tipped. And yeah, I don't want, did. I don't, I can't stand people who are just like, oh, well, well, he should have kicked it higher. It, he, many times over, you look at kickers, they, they kick through the icing, right? Kick through the icing, you made it. Most of them will do something completely different. Because they Mm -hmm. saw, oh, it it hooked a little bit in. Let me just push it a little bit this way, and it goes completely awry. He was like, no, I'm going to kick it the exact same way because it was good. He kicked it the exact same way, but it got tipped this time, right? And it missed off by centimeters, centimeters. Um, But they they snuck out of it.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I, you know, the thing I don't like, you know, and I, as I had this conversation with a colleague, a colleague of mine earlier this week, yo, know, being a kicker is a rough spot in the NFL. As a kicker, that's a position I would not want. The two best positions to me in the NFL are third string quarterback and punter because yep. you're getting paid to do it, do something, do your job, and no one cares if you mess up. If you're the third string QB and you come into the game, you're, exp- you're probably going to mess it up anyway. No one cares. And if you're the yep. punter, no one cares if you have a bad punt. Let's be honest. And you still get to get paid. But being a kicker, there's so much pressure. What I don't like about when kickers miss kicks at the end of games like that, they blame the whole thing. It's the kicker's fault. We lost the game because of him. All the media wants to blame it on him. I was watching ESPN this week. Rex Ryan said, oh, it's absolutely his fault. It's absolutely his fault.
1: That's why Rex right. Ryan is at a desk now. Stop
0: it. Yeah. I was like, let me ask you this. If he had made that kick, would you have said they won the game because, be silly, or merely because of the kicker?
1: No. 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 Exactly. They would have so, great, sprinkled the credit everywhere. They exactly. would have said Trubisky was clean. Uh, the defense was amazing. Da 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 da, da.
0: Yeah, The coach is great, right? Exactly. Yeah. So just blaming it all on the kicker, I think, is disingenuous. It's just, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And also the fact that you can't really blame the entire game on that kicker. Why didn't the offense score more points? Why did? Why did? Why did the defense give up sixteen points? You Tr- play Trubisky a three hundred in- yards
1: a game, four touchdowns a game. Where's the points?
0: Right, exactly. You know, there are three phases to a game, offense, defense, and special teams. You cannot blame it on one instance. Even if the, you missed a kick earlier in the game, you know, why did the defense stop the other team earlier in the game? You know what I mean? So yeah. you you, have to, you can't, I just don't like how people say, oh, it's down to that one play, that one instance, it's all his fault. I completely disagree with that.
1: But, I, I echo exactly what you said. I, honestly, why let it come down to him at the first place, right? If you, you feel like there's three phases to this game, why didn't you do your job on the other parts of the game so that exactly. knowing this kicker who misses kicks is not going to go out here and kick for our lives?
0: Right, right. exactly, exactly. Why didn't you put up 30 points? You know, why, why Why? did you give up 16 to the Eagles? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing. You, you yeah. got to look at it every every side of the spectrum. Um, either way, let's move on to this week's games, the divisional round matchups uh, starting today. Uh, Saturday, we've got the Colts at the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs, of course. Uh, My homie, Mahomes. uh, he's going to do his thing. Led the league with 50 touchdowns this year. Uh, they're in Kansas City. The weather's going to be kind of iffy. They said they expected some, I think they had some snow earlier in the day this morning. Um, I think it's going to pass over by game time, uh, which is around 430 Eastern. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to go with the Chiefs here this one, but don't be, I don't, I don't don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I'm still going to go with the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, so last weekend we watched first-time quarterbacks not look good out there. And even with all of the negative uh, history of the Chiefs in the playoffs, they did play this playoff game before and the Colts came back up on like 28-point yeah. deficit to beat them. Exactly. I, I, I don't know if we're going to see that same kind of an outcome here. I think if the Chiefs get a 28-point lead, they're not giving it up and they're not turning back. Uh, yeah. That being said, the what the Colts have put together by keeping Andrew Luck clean with finally an offensive line, something Ryan Grigson refused to pay the cachet for, to put together, uh, Marlon Mack running for 148 and two tugs last week. My Ooh. God, uh, yeah. and, and they have a defense. I don't know if the Chiefs have a defense. Eric Berry will not be out there. Sammy Watkins will not be out there. Uh, Kareem no, Hunt actually, no won't be there. Sam, Sammy Watkins might be playing today. They said
0: they just heard. They just heard they just really? Heard it okay.
1: Well. He is case, they need playmakers on offense because I don't think you're going to get by with just the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show, knowing that they had five options beginning of the season. Now they're down to about three, three and a half, um, yeah. depending on what who comes out of the backfield. I think Damian Williams has looked good, uh, but hopefully he keeps that going. He was the backup in uh, Miami for a reason. I don't know why, but we'll maybe hopefully we won't find out. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like the Colts in this one. They've, they've just been here. So often they've been here before They're coming back from one and five. I don't know what that level of the sunken place is like, but they've clawed their way out of it. I have to yeah. give them the edge to like a 35, 34 game. It'd be a barn burn. They'll have to put up points. Um mm. And I think the Colts can do that. Andrew Luck could come out here and throw for four touchdowns. He might have three picks with that one, but he could throw for four and keep it interesting.
0: So are you going with the Colts or the chiefs here? Going with the
1: Colts. Going with the Colts.
0: Colts. All right. I like it. Um, in that game tonight is the Cowboys at the Rams. I think this is going to be the best matchup of the week. I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm going to pick the Rams. Um, it's in L.A. Now, let's, I'll say this. Dallas beat the New Orleans. New Orleans beat the Rams, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, it, it, it's going to be – I I don't think it's going to be as a high-scoring game if people expect, you know, Rams to put up, you know, their, their offensive power. Um, I'm going to say Rams uh, – 24 to 21 here. Uh, maybe, maybe it could be even 24 to, 24
1: to like 17, but I'm going to say 24 to 21 Rams. So I am going to echo everything you said and add to that that Todd Gurley has not practiced and has rested for like a month. Mm-hmm. I I would be afraid of what Todd Gurley, with all of that rest coming into the postseason, is going to look like. I don't yeah. care what that – half of what the Cowboys are able to get away with has been non-calls on strong defense. Like, they, the, the league is allowing the, the Cowboys to play the way that they let the Ravens play. Vanderhash and the other guy are flying around helmet to helmet, hitting people and the cornerbacks are jumping in the air, just yeah. flailing their arms. That's pass interference. Why are you not calling it? At any rate, um, I could see on the back of Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley changes the way you, the things you can do on offense. I could see them put up 35 points in this game out in the sun. I don't, I don't, I think that the Cowboys might only put up, 21 28 maximum, but they because they just don't have the offensive firepower. And A, the we know a matchup out there that is very, very uh, old as day Amari Cooper, to Tlaib. Amari Cooper never gets the best of to Tlaib. We'll see what happens, but I got yeah. it. It's one of the Rams.
0: Gotcha. Um, Sunday's games, Chargers at Patriots. I'm pulling for Phillip Rivers. In this game, I want Phillip Rivers to go all the way. Yeah, uh, he's you know, like I said, I think I've mentioned it before, he's a Hall of Fame QB without a Super Bowl ring, never even made it to the Super Bowl. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know what, you know what, I'm gonna go charge. I was gonna go Patriots just now, I know what, I'm gonna go charge, even though I'm just got because I'm playing for Philip Rivers. I think the Chargers are actually playing better football than the Patriots this year. Um, Melvin Gordon is hopefully he's he's out there, he's healthy enough. You got Austin Eckler. You know, Keenan Allen has had a great year as well for the Chargers. Um, you know, Brady had it off year, only tw- only threw for 29 touchdowns this season. Um, his lowest in a really long time. Gronk is always banged up, you know, now they have, but they've had a week off, which is good. But I'm gonna go Chargers in a in a in a nail biter here. I'm gonna say 35-32 Chargers.
1: Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Honestly, I, I'm hoping it goes the other way. Uh, You know, we're talking about two teams here The was 12 win charger team that we're talking about here. Great defensive ends, great secondary. Uh, They've got, they absolutely have a fantastic run game. Last time these two teams played, I'm pretty sure the the chargers beat the Patriots in like a 21, 13 game had an 82 yard run uh, for a touchdown by Melvin Gordon. You know, they, they, the, the chargers came out and played really well. That being said, this is a team that is uh, coming from California. They're going to be jet lagged. It's going to be cold as all hell in New England, um, and it's playoff football in New England. It's a hard place to win in the playoffs, uh, especially with yeah. this team being rested and and you know at least knowing these guys very well, having a lot of experience in the postseason uh, against these or excuse me in the regular season against these guys, not in the postseason against them. Um, and, you know, and it's always it's always a nail biter between the two of these teams. I just I feel like. The Chargers against the Bronk, the uh, the Ravens last week only scored twenty three points. They won, but they got three turnovers off of the quarterback alone. If the Pats get three turnovers from the Chargers, the Pats will probably score forty five points. You can't have that many turnovers, and then you know, literally, if the Ravens had a a, a passable, you know, he could make some of the throws, quarterback. I think that game would have been completely different. You know, they, they <laughs> came back mildly at the end there. Uh, and if, you know, there was just enough, enough touch on the ball, a few more plays that could be made. Tom Brady is not going to miss as many plays. He's not going to have 40 yards at the halfway mark of this game. i got yeah, it. That's right. for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, but,
0: you know. no, what? I was going to say, if, if Joey Bosa gets to Tom Brady, it's a whole other game. You know, that's why he, he's going to – if he gets him and rattles him early –
1: it's going to be a different game. Yeah. Or, or Melvin Ingram. Hey, if all the attention is on Joey Bosa, you still got to worry about Melvin Ingram. That's the Melvin right. I'm more concerned about in this game more than Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon will have a good game. Uh, he You can run a little bit on the pass, but if they end up to shutting down the run, if they stuff you, uh, you know, he, he's it's not like he doesn't have Keenan Allen out there. It's not like he doesn't have a Mike Williams out there. You know, and we might right. see the resurgence of Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, these other secondary guys who don't get a lot of shots thrown at them. That if you wanted to come out and show a different look, they could hurt you. You can. Right, right. So are you? I'm, I'm assuming you're going Patriots in this one. I moment. am going Patriots all the way. If it ain't from New England, I don't want it. <laughs> I feel you.
0: Um, last, <laughs> last matchup of the weekend is Philly at New Orleans. I'm going Saints all the way here. I think it's just too much firepower on the New Orleans side. Uh, Nick Fold. and Nick Fold's magic, I think, is going to run out this week. I mean, they'll still put up 15 to 20 points, because um, they'll see New Orleans' defense isn't that great. Listen, listen to what we're talking
1: about here. We're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions, talking about this is their year, they're built for this, putting up 15 points, talking about they're going to put up 20. That is championship football?
0: <laughs>
1: Dude, what? I just I- – I
0: mean, like I guess now they only put up, you know, was it 16 against Chicago? Obviously, because they're Chicago is the best defense. But I think playing in New Orleans in that dome with that noise, with that New Orleans pass rush, it's a different aspect than it's playing outdoors in Chicago. So yeah. that's why I'm saying, you know, in New Orleans. You know, when you play when you play the Saints at home, you know, it's hard to really get after them, you know, and really come out, you know, with a with a W there. So. I'm going Saints all the way in this one. I'm saying Saints 38 to 20
1: in this one here. I can see Saints 38. I honestly, I can see Saints at least in the 40s. Yeah, listen, la- I've never heard of a coach rolling out with 250 large and a, a Lombardi Trophy on it talking about. Do you want this? I've never heard of like that. Jimmy, I, I so, yeah. All right, like those guys are hungry for something. I don't know if money is the best thing motivator for, for NFL football. You got to want glory. You got to yeah. want the, the ability to say that you won and you beat the hell out of those Bamas. Um, <laughs> that being said, I, I think I, – Going into the Sugar Dome, excuse me, going into the uh, the Mercedes-Benz is a hard place to play. Um, so, yeah, I could see them getting some in the 40s. I see Michael Thomas going out there, catching 13 balls. Uh, Alvin yeah. Kamara, 100 yards from, from scrimmage, two touchdowns. You know, it, it, I, could, I could see these guys playing for their lives. Yeah, and especially Philly's secondary is so beat
0: up. So I think Breeze is going to have a field day with these guys. I mean, maybe the Eagles put up, I don't know, 20, 28 points. Yeah. You know, but I definitely see the Saints coming out with at least a 10 point victory here in this one. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that's that. But, yeah, the Saints are definitely winning this one. Anyway, that wraps up. That's that's our time this week. Oh, I appreciate you again. And once again, uh, joining me here today, um, as always, um, I look forward to the next one, man.
1: Yes, sir. It's good. been great. Been fantastic. Appreciate it. I think first time out the gate as a co-host. I think I did OK.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Anyway, man, good to see you, sir. And I'll meet up with you next time. All right. Take care. Peace.